social conversations. Our first guest is ready uh, to go, and we are talking how men can contribute to the emancipation of women. Please join in on the conversation. A team is on 011-714-2006. Alternatively, send us an SMS on 41391. Voice notes and messages on WhatsApp go to 614 Let's welcome the chairperson of Khodiso Sichaba Foundation, KSF, Tato Wamahohodi. Tato, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, Fire Sister. How are you? We are blessed, my brother. We are strong. How are you? No, when blessings are plenty, we have to be strong. Indeed. Uh, I'm super, my sister. Indeed, I'm glad to know. Now, Tato, you have uh, taken an initiative that is quite a big step, right, in hosting a virtual uh, conference asking how can men contribute to the emancipation of women in celebration of Women's Month? I love the approach that you have taken, but I'd like to hear from you what inspired it. Why want men to speak out and speak up? Oh, no, no, no. I think the first thing we need to say is that we are tired of uh, fake men's conferences uh, that are supposedly uh, to speak about, amongst others, uh, contribution to gender emancipation. So tomorrow we are hosting a real uh, webinar where uh, we must talk about the contribution that men have to make uh, towards the emancipation of women. Uh, really, uh, I think what inspired this is that uh, we're trying to engender a gender agenda that talks to the role of men in the confrontation of uh, you know patriarchy and all its ills. You know, in the NGOs we belong to, um, we are taught that the um, in order for you to become a motive force for any revolution which we require on the gender front, that you need to stand out uh, as a beneficiary uh, for you to become a motive force. Now, we want to hold a conversation uh, led by men to show how um, they will benefit from uh, an unsexist society that we seek to build so that it does not become uh, an abstract thing uh, in pie in the sky. Um, so uh, those benefits, I can imagine, uh, maybe amongst the simple ones without being simplistic, uh, is uh, on a lighter note. The fact that when we have a non-sexist society, men would know there will not be any need for Badelamavoso because we'll be equal uh, uh, in a non-sexist society. Mm. So, you know, we, we, we are inspired importantly you know, by the words of Thomas Sankara when he says, the revolution and women, uh, liberation, go together. We do not talk uh, of women's emancipation as an act of charity or because of a surge of human compassion. Sankara says it is a basic necessity for the triumph of the revolution uh, as it were. So uh, I think for me that's what uh, guides us in uh, this conversation tomorrow in the webinar. It's going to be a very interesting conversation because you are also mentioning that, you know, you are trying to push for society that is non-sexist. And yes, in the metropolitan sense of who we are, the modernized sense of who we are, this sounds all good and well. But going to traditional sense, and then it would beg the question, what then happens to traditions such as Lobola, which are by nature, if you view them from the metropolitan or the modern uh, eye, would be deemed as sexist? 
Well, I think uh, maybe let's make a quantum distinction between culture and tradition and say that uh, obviously culture is not static and the tradition is indeed uh, uh, somewhat static. So if we interpret uh, um, the systems we create like Nobola as part of culture and uh, agree that uh, we should not be static, there has to be a conversation about such institutions and uh, their systems uh, so as to analyze the extent to which they contribute to the patriarchy that we accept in today. And uh, if they are still uh, contributing negatively towards uh, gender emancipation, I think uh, some of those should have, uh, uh, should create no debate about us scrapping them. You know, Nobona is just but one example, but I think there's many other things. Utwala, uh, in Setswana, we've got Siandro, uh, all of those things. Uh, if they contribute negatively as part of our culture to uh, us contributing to the liberation of women, we as men should be honest enough to say, no, no, this thing does not work anymore. Uh, maybe we should uh, consider doing it differently so that uh, it demonstrates that we are concerned with the general elevation of the human condition, but the elevation of the women folk in particular so that uh, they are able to participate in uh, the development of our society as equal partners. Mm. I hear you loud and clearly. Uh, these conversations are needed, and I'm glad that uh, you as uh, KSF are opening up this conversation here um, in South Africa for us to start engaging. Now, when we look at uh, the woman of 1956 who uh, said enough is enough, it wasn't a lot of them, (laughs) if I'm not mistaken, about 20,000 who decided to take that leap of faith, that huge march against racial discrimination in the country. Yes, it was against the bus, but it had deeper meaning. And today we hail them for the past years. We've been hailing them. But when I look at what's happening with women in our country right now, Tato, I'm asking myself, have we not really left the women of our country behind in our revolution? I mean, you look at most of the texts that have been written, the books that have been written about um, stalwarts of our, our, our emancipation, predominantly men. The women's stories are left untold. Winnie Mandela says... Uh when you wake up in the morning and you do not hear the footsteps of your people in the background, you must know that you've left them behind. So I agree. Um, the footsteps uh, of powerful women are not indelibly printed in our modern discourse. And uh, I think uh, there is a tendency towards uh, over-accentuating the footsteps of men. And I think for me, that is the starting point of interacting with that question. But going deeper to what you asked as a way of background to that question, I mean, you are talking about the uh, powerful women uh, of 1956, uh, uh, 24,000 of them who marched to the Union Buildings against the Urban Areas Act. You know, you would remember that uh, they were led by uh, stalwarts, of the women's struggle in South Africa, Abu Mama Lingen Goy, Abu Helen Joseph, 
Abu Rahima Musa, Abu Sophia Williams de Brain. One of the things we need to uh, get men to do is to read the stories of uh, these uh, great women to understand what inspired them. Because uh, I think once we are able to appreciate uh, the colossal contribution that these women make, young men who we are role modeling will begin to understand that uh, um, they are women role models uh, that have come before us. Because, you know, we celebrate, for instance, more on Dr. Nelson Mandela, more Oliver Tambo, and all these other, but we forget these important women who played a contribution. In let's fact, hold it there for a bit. Uh, Tato, let's hold it there for a bit. I'm being counted down for an ad. We'll come back so you can um, uh, finish up your thought. 011-714-2006. That's where you can reach us to join in on the conversation. Hashtag SAFM LNC. We're still in conversation with Tato Wama Khodi, the chairperson of Khodiso Sichaba Foundation, KSF. They are hosting a webinar tomorrow, and I think it's uh, one that is going to strike a lot of chords, a lot of thought in us as South Africans, men and women alike. The question for their seminar is, how can men contribute to the emancipation of women? Please join in on the conversation as an A-teamer. Perhaps you've got a suggestion uh, on how how men can contribute to emancipating women. And others might say women don't need to be emancipated. They just need to be let uh, go of, you know, to do as they please, to do as they feel and think. Uh, it's not necessarily emancipation. I don't know. I want to hear from you as an A-teamer. And if you've got questions to pose to our guest title, you can do so on 011-714-2006. You can also WhatsApp 0614-104-107 or send an SMS to 41391. Tato, before we got to the break, you were still, you know, wrapping up your thoughts around the, the, the emancipation of women now and women being left behind in the revolution in the country. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, for grounding years, the specific thought about mainstreaming uh, female heroes in the um, psychology for society. And I was saying that uh, um, we tend to emphasize more than our female heroes, Lillian Goy, Helen Joseph, Rahima, Musa, Sophia Debrain. And we forget that without uh, these women and the 1956 March, uh, 1994, uh, would not have been possible in South Africa. And I think uh, we need to, you know, foreground um, these heroes, uh, amplify their role, and, uh, you know, classify them as uh, people who play the colossal role in uh, the determination of the current dispensation we have in South Africa today. For young men and women alike to look at and say, hey, I wish I was uh, Sophia de Brain, uh, so that tomorrow uh, they can, you know, uh, take a leaf from their contribution to be able to contribute to the kind of society we have today. That's one point. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, it's not all gloom and doom, in my view. Um, there are achievements uh, that we've made since 1994 uh, f- towards the emancipation of women, and we should not uh, dismiss everything uh, gloom and doom. For instance, uh, if you study the uh, the 
2022 World Bank and uh, Department of Youth and Women uh, report on uh, uh, called uh, the South African Gender Assessment, uh, which looks at the three dimensions of uh, uh, gender equality in South Africa, human endowment, economic opportunities, women voice and agency. You know, the report found that you know, overall, South Africa has made progress towards gender equality since 1994. Uh, one of the things it says, which I think is critical, is that uh, among the top uh, 10 of countries uh, to have successfully implemented reforms to improve uh, uh, women's legal rights uh, is, is, is our country, South Africa. Uh, importantly, South Africa ranks uh, 18th globally, according to the World Economic Forum, you know, uh, gender gap index 2021 so so for me it's not all women do in recent history uh, uh, which also uh, is exciting is the fact that uh, banyana banyana won an important uh, 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 tournament in soccer and uh, they've uh, put south africa on the global map something that bafana bafana has been failing to do in the past uh, 10 years Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tato, in, the, in the same vein, uh, the women of Banyana Banyana are not equally paid as Bafana Bafana. The women of Banyana Banyana have so many things that are lacking in terms of the support they require, as opposed to Bafana Bafana. So the disparity is still there. So yes, that's the point. You mm. see, they've they've put at the centre. Uh, uh, a conversation now which begins to say why are they being underpaid when they can deliver so much more than men so for me I think that should be the conversation and uh, we must then ask Safa to you know uh, demonstrate that uh, uh, what it is that, that admits that what it has done in terms of this disparity has been wrong and that they must come to um, 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 the fore in terms of uh, you know uh, reversing the damage they have caused by not doing what they're supposed to do, paying women what they're supposed to be paying them, you know, because it's, it doesn't, uh, 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 um, you know, make sense that uh, you have men paid so much money yet they are unable to achieve that which women has have been able to achieve in such a short space of time as Banyana Banyana did, you know, uh, with the the previous tournament. So I am saying that uh, um, um, Banyana Banyana has, uh, you know, put the conversation back uh, into our lips to say. Women's soccer has to, you know, be recognized better. But not just women's soccer, all other sport forms that women participate in so that uh, women are able to make their own contribution to sports as they uh, can with their ability, which equal, which is equal to that of men. Uh, but I think uh, it's not women doom, as I'm saying. Uh, they brought the conversation on the table. Uh, but I think uh, there's many other things positive that are happening in the country. Before we go to the other positive things, Tato, before we go to the other positive things, our A-teamers have been holding for quite a bit. Uh, We'll come to the positive just now. A-teamer MK, good evening. Good good, good evening. How are you? Strong, thank you. What's your question or comment? Okay. I just needed uh, some clarification from your um, guest because I'm trying to understand, you know, um, know, cultures of of, of other nations. But I know um, or understand... Ugutala, um, uh, the version of Ugutala in Setswana being a Hushu Begisa. Now, I heard him saying something about Sian, but I don't know if, if, if I'm understood him correctly. So, you just want clarity on that. All right, MK, uh, Tato will give you clarity. 
I'm so saddened that, MK, you've missed the point of the conversation, but it's okay. It's not a cultural conversation that we're having, but it's a conversation around men contributing to the emancipation of women. However, uh, Tato will respond. KGM, let me come to you. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Patricia, and good evening to, to Tato and, and my fellow listeners. Uh, Patricia, a quick one. It, it, it's for me, really, for as long as we are not dealing with the elephant in the room, uh, we can have as many conversations as we want. We've had many conversations. I totally disagree with the notion that we're supposed to be talking and putting things on the table and having conversations. Because while we're having conversations, there's a continuation of a bad thing. Uh, it saddened me a lot when I had the president also talking about having to have a conversation. When you hear people in positions of power, people who can actually make decisions that are required to be made. I, I had Tato referring to Safa, the president of Safa, um, uh, Mr. Jordan himself. They keep on passing the buck. The minister passes the buck. The president passes the buck. And these are men I'm referring to. If we're not doing that as men when we are in these positions of power, that can actually decide today, not tomorrow, to say, uh, the, the, the salary par- parity that we're talking about, remuneration parity that we're talking about as an example between Bafana Bafana and Banyana Banyana. It can be decided between those three men. But if that is going to be handled the way we're handling, we're just doing peer exercise, which is not really benefiting, but just fueling the problem. I think if Tato can talk to that uh, in terms of, of the decisions that are required to be taken to deal with this matter once and for all, uh, what's his take on that, and how do we impact, not just influence, impact on those people with in positions of power to make these decisions? Patricia, thanks for taking my call. Thank you very much, KGM. How do we impact on those who are making the decisions? Uh, I think that's a very good question. Tato, let's start off with uh, MK's question before we get to KGM's question. Well, I think uh, um, um, the first uh, listener would have misunderstood. I was not equating uh, Ukutwana and the Siandro. I was just raising a plethora of uh, cultural practices in different cultures that, uh, in my view, over and above Lobona, which you spoke about, uh, contribute, in my view, to uh, slowing down progress in terms of uh, the contribution of men to gender emancipation, mm. right? Because yeah. uh, they are patriarchal, they contribute to the patriarchal nature of the kind of uh, society we live in today. So those are just uh, contradistinct uh, concepts in the different cultures. Actually, there's, there's no problems with that. Actually, uh, before you go to to KGM's, um, you know, response. Looking at, you know, what you've just said now around our cultural practices, or at least some of them, um, contributing to the negative masculinity or patriarchy that we are seeing today, we need to remember very clearly that South Africa is not the only country in the continent, in the greater continent, that has traditional practices that are very similar. But South Africa has the highest rate of gender-based violence and women who are not emancipated but oppressed. You go to other countries, and I'll, I'll, I'll make an example. I've, I've lived in most of the countries in the southern, um, you know, southern Africa, and I've never felt unsafe. I only feel unsafe in the country of my birth. 
I can warm, roam the streets of uh, Mozambique safely. Rape is not as high as it is here, you know, um, safely in Malawi, but here in South Africa. So it's not, I don't think it's so much our cultural practices that we need to be looking into, but there's the elephant in the room, like uh, KGM has put, and maybe there are too many elephants that we need to touch at. But th- that's just my thought. Let's go to KGM's response, please. Yeah. So I was, I was. Uh, no, no. Firstly, I do agree with you that okay. it's not just cultural practices, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. uh, it's a. Uh, we can't reduce it to one variable. But cultural practices do contribute, uh, because once we are locked in the stereotypes. Uh, that objectify women, it is easy to perambulate into uh, gender-based violence. I think for me that's the the, the, the the dialectical link between cultural practice and some of these behaviors which, uh, you know, uh, create a climate of acceptance for gender-based violence. But uh, um, having said that, I think uh, the, the second caller talks about how we can impact on these men um, who take decisions to, to to really become responsive to the needs of gender emancipation generally. And for instance, the example we raised about Banyana Banyana and the salary uh, disparity. I think uh, the conversation we are having tomorrow is exactly about that. What contribution can men make uh, to make sure that uh, you know uh, all of these things that they've been doing in the past uh, to slow women development uh, you know, are you know neatly packed in the dustbins of history. I think that's that's what the conversation is about, and that's why we have the speakers we have tomorrow to really open up our brains around uh, uh, what is it that can be done in concrete terms. I know that uh, one of my guests would be Stone Seed, who is uh, a male. He's a poet, uh, a mozakulista, a singer, a music producer. I know that one of the things he's passionate about. I grew up with him uh, in Mafike. Uh, he one of the conversations that I think uh, will come out of uh, his input would be the question of role modeling. You know uh, how we, we are role models, yet we do not have a choice of being role models or not. What we can choose to do is either be negative or positive role models. And I think uh, he's going to uh, foreground the issue of uh, positive role modeling. Uh, And then you also have another guest speaker, um, because I I quickly need to wrap up now. Uh, You've got another guest speaker and your keynote speaker. Tell us who they are and also how people can log in. Yeah. So the other two important speakers is uh, Mama Pumzidem Lambonguka, who's our keynote uh, speaker. Uh, She's the former executive director of the UN Women, uh, who had uh, the rank of uh, undersecretary general in the UN. She's also former deputy president of South Africa and an important agenda activist globally and in South Africa. Uh, we also have Matsilo Motei, who's an author, speaker, and an, and an integration healer, and importantly, in my view, an Africologist who integrates IKS and uh, modern innovations. She's the one who wrote the notorious or famous The Kanga and the Kangaroo Court uh, 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 tome which uh, caused the stir during the, the Jacob Zuma presidency and the Kanga saga. Mm. You, know, you know, when, in conclusion, I want to say about her that uh, 
Well, you know what? Leave it for now because I really need to go. My next guest has been holding for a while. I need you to tell us how people can log in so that they are they get first-hand information on the event tomorrow. How can people log in? I think the important thing is that the the conversation is starting at ten o'clock. We've uh, distributed on the Kodisosi Chaba wall and in our Facebook pages everywhere on social media a poster which talks about the conversation which starts at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning uh, and uh, I think uh, uh, we're going to have uh, fireworks so people just need to go to your social media pages Hodisa Sichaba yeah. and that's it yeah. they'll find yeah. you there hey, teamers, yeah. um I think this is a conversation that you should be joining tomorrow at 10pm thank you very much Tato for joining us